Hello and welcome to Life in Their Sandals. This is a podcast where we dive deep into the lives of biblical people to determine how we should live as Christians today. I'm your host, Chris McGrath, and today we have the opportunity to start our series where we are going to analyze the life of Christ in 15 straight days. This first day of this series, which was announced on our social media at Life in Their Sandals on Instagram and Facebook, if you don't follow it, we would really enjoy for you to like it on Facebook and to follow it on Instagram so you can be updated on anything that happens on the podcast. But if you hadn't seen it there, still so glad you joined in to listen. And we're going to be talking about the life of Christ, going to go over all the big events in his life. Well, not all of them because it wouldn't fit in 15 podcast episodes, but most of them. We're going to omit some that maybe we've spoken about previously on the podcast, but we wanted to present a detailed study into the life of Jesus so that all of us can be edified by learning more about him. So today is the first day, and as you've probably seen from the title, we're going to be talking about leaving Jesus in the temple. This narrative really starts with the advent of Jesus or the birth of Jesus. And if you haven't heard that episode, we've talked a lot about the birth of Jesus from the very beginning of this podcast. Uh, We have an episode about Mary. But how that narrative starts, just a quick overview, is Zacharias is performing worship in the temple. It's his turn after they drew lots and the angel Gabriel appears to him and tells him that he's going to have a son. Zacharias is confused and doubts this because of his and Elizabeth's old age, and he's ultimately struck dumb by the angel, has to go home, ends up telling Elizabeth what would happen by writing it down, and they have their child, known as John the Baptist. Gabriel also visits Mary, tells her that she's going to bear a son. Mary is also confused by this announcement from the angel Gabriel because she has never known a man. And the Holy Ghost overshadows Mary, and she hears the word of the Lord and responds in faith and becomes pregnant. Of course, after Mary and Elizabeth meet up, Mary travels to Bethlehem with Joseph, and Jesus is born in that manger. The angels appear to the shepherds and tell them to come worship the king who was born in the city of Bethlehem, the savior that was going to take away the sin of the world. So Jesus, after his birth, is circumcised, and he's presented and dedicated in the temple by Mary and Joseph. Then there's that whole deal with the Magi coming from faraway lands to be able to meet the Savior. On their way, they stop at the house of Herod the Great, where Herod learns of this King Jesus. And due to his fear and anxiety as a ruler, he decides that he is going to ask the Magi to give him the location of this young king so that he could kill Jesus. When the Magi after giving gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Mary and Joseph and Jesus and worshiping him. When they leave and they never come back to Herod, he's extremely angry, and he decides to kill all of the babies in the city who were less than two years old. After Herod decides to do this, and before it's carried out, Gabriel again appears to Joseph and constrains Joseph to leave Bethlehem and to travel to Egypt. Joseph moves his family with the gifts of the gold and the frankincense and myrrh that no doubt helped them travel to Egypt. Here in Egypt, Joseph waits and raises his family until Herod the Great dies, and Joseph feels safe to take Jesus back to Nazareth. Now in Nazareth, Jesus grows up as a child, and it would seem to 
most that Jesus would have had a pretty ordinary childhood. In fact, when you think of the life of Jesus, he didn't even start his ministry until he was 30 years old. But the important thing to know about the life of Jesus in these adolescent stages is that his divine nature was never in question. His deity was never in question. So Jesus grows up, he's the age of 12, and every year at the time of the feast of the Passover, his parents would travel to Jerusalem. Joseph would take Mary and Jesus and their siblings, and they would gather together with a caravan, and they would travel into that city. Jesus, at the time of uh, going to Jerusalem, was 12 years old, and after they were there doing the things that pertain to the feast, they leave from Jerusalem, but there's one thing that stays, and it wasn't their wallet, it wasn't their social security card, it wasn't an important document that they really, really needed. But it was Jesus, their child, who was also the savior of the world. He was left in Jerusalem. So if you're a parent and you're listening to this, maybe even you're my mom, uh, and you remember leaving me in church at one time, you shouldn't feel that bad because even Mary, the mother of God, left her child in Jerusalem. And this was before cell phones. They couldn't just call up and say, okay, we'll go to your cousin's house and wait there till we get there. No, Jesus was left there and he's left here for a period of three days. Mary and Joseph, they go a day's journey and they realize what had done and they travel back. It takes them a whole day to get back. And now here in Jerusalem, after three days of having left him, they find him. And where do they find him? In the temple. And what is he doing? This 12-year-old child was sitting in the midst of the lawyers and the scribes, and he's listening to their pronouncements about the scriptures, and he's asking them questions, and then he's giving them answers. And the scripture says that all that heard Jesus were astonished at his understanding and answers. This was not an ordinary 12-year-old, but it was one that truly knew the scriptures as only Jesus could and knew their implications for life. Mary and Joseph, I could just see them locking their eyes on Jesus and rushing through the temple to find him. And when Mary catches up to him, she says, why did you do this to us? Why did you stay here? Your father and I are suffering and sorrowing, looking after you for so long. And Jesus listens patiently to his mom and his dad, asking him these questions. And he says to them, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And the scripture says that they didn't understand what he said to them. But Jesus left with his parents and went back to Nazareth and was subject unto them, meaning that although he knew the scriptures better, although he had this divine nature that they did not have, he still was submitted to his parents and obeyed them. And his mother, Mary, she kept all the things he said in her heart and remembered them. And the scripture says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This narrative, again, the only narrative that We really get about Jesus in his childhood. We know a lot about him as a baby, and we know a lot about him as a grown man, but as a child, it's clear to see that Jesus still was very much sent from heaven. So what are some of the takeaways that we can gather from this narrative in Scripture? Well, one important takeaway is that Jesus himself said that he had to be about his father's business, and that word father is capitalized. He's not speaking about carpentry. 
He's not talking about being about a man like his father on earth, Joseph, but he's talking about the fact that the Holy Ghost had overshadowed Mary and that he must do the works of the Spirit. His mind must be focused on spiritual things. Jesus had a keen awareness that Joseph, although he was his earthly father, was not the ultimate authority in his life, but that as a man, he had to be submitted to the spiritual nature inside of him that was the Spirit of God. Jesus did not come to this realization at a later moment in time. It wasn't at his baptism. It wasn't when he started preaching. It wasn't when he was in the garden, but he knew this his entire life. He always had this obedience in him to the Spirit. This is why he was able to obey his parents, not because they knew better than him necessarily, because of course they did not, but because it was the will of God and it was the right thing to do. Jesus always had in his mind a purpose for his life. He knew that he was going to save the world, whether Israel accepted his preaching and teaching or not, whether it was through true repentance from Israel, or maybe they would reject him and he would have to die for their sins. Jesus knew that his life would be about ministering to them. A second takeaway from the life of Jesus is this. Sometimes we can leave Jesus behind in our lives. Sometimes we can be like Mary and Joseph. We get too busy. Other things grab our attention. Things that are not more important than him can get in the way of our acknowledgement of who he is in our life. And sometimes we can leave Jesus back in the temple. But this is the important thing to remember for everybody listening to this podcast today. If you've left Jesus behind, you can find him in the temple. You can find him in that place of worship, praise, and sacrifice. Don't ever think that you've gone too far, that you can't come back for Jesus. No, but he's waiting for you. He's there doing the things he always does. He's got his mind on spiritual things. He's astounding people with his ability to work in their life. And if you ever need a touch from the Lord, don't think that you've gone too far. It might be a three days journey. It might take some humility. It might take some turning around from the way that you've gone. But don't be scared to come back to Jesus because you can always find him in the temple. This was a lot of fun to talk about Jesus as a little child for the first episode of our series. I hope you tune in next week. We will be talking about someone who is very integral to the story of the Bible, and I know that you will enjoy it. Hope to see you next time, but in the meantime, be blessed. Have a great week.